I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall. I'm your host, Monica Hoyle, and I am excited to have a special guest in the studio here at WEHC 90.7 here on the campus of Emory and Henry. You know, I don't like to re-interview somebody because we have so many great alumni to talk with. But I'm making an exception today because we're having a special event right now and celebrating a 10th anniversary of a very cool program. So I'm pleased to say that my guest in the studio today is Arthur Scrapper Brody, Emory and Henry class of 1970. How you doing, Scrapper? Doing just fine, Monica. Uh, it's good to see you in the flesh. I mean, usually you're like on Zoom or on the phone call or we're texting and because you live, where do you live? Live in Washington State. And you, you do look better in person than on Zoom. Well, I've, I've been told I look better in the tiny square, so I, I appreciate you being nice about that. <laughs> well, it's, it's exciting to have you on campus right now, but tell everybody, let's tell everybody why you're here. We're celebrating the 10th anniversary of a really cool program that you started uh, 10 years ago, and it's, you know, it sort of has two names. The Friends of Cope is what sort of helps pay for the Pathway Project. Am I saying that right? Yes. So let's tell them what the Pathway Project does. Let's tell them what the overall goal of that sort of program is. It's easier for me to tell you what the parent is, and then I can get into the child. Okay. Okay. Tell us about the parent. Yeah, the parent really is the Friends of Copay. That's what the 10th year anniversary is celebrating because it was 10 years ago when we really officially began this project which supports a school in a very small village in Costa Rica. The name of that village is Copay. And because we wanted to base this on the support on Friends supporting it, we gave it the name Friends of Copay. So that's C-O-P-E-Y. In case people are Googling it right now to see where that is. Yes. So Friends of Copay really is the, the, I call it the parent or the overarching organization that does several things. One of the things it does is raise money for scholarships for kids to go to this learning center that teaches English. Another project we have is we help raise money to support the salary of a director for this center. Nice. And the third thing we do that's now we're talking about the Pathway Project, and that's why we're here at Emory uh, and Henry College. The Pathway Project really was uh, first thought of in around 2015, and it was 2016 when we saw the first students come up to our campus from Costa Rica. We had two students that came with all the help coming from our college and specifically with Dr. Celeste Gaia. The two of us somehow managed to to raise money to come up with a program that allowed us to bring two students to our campus who spent a week here in this area attending summer camp. Yeah, they did the Summer Scholars Program, right? Exactly. And before they actually arrived here, they spent a couple of days in Washington, D.C., touring. Right. So that that was very important. The program continued 2016, 2017, 18, and 19, and then 
COVID hit, and we did not have the program in 2020, 2020 and 2021. Yeah. We resumed it last year. Right. And we're here this year. So this is actually our sixth year with the Pathway Project, but it is our 10th year as Friends of Copay. Yeah, and, and part of that, that plan is that in addition to bringing those Costa Rican kids here, we also have Emory and Henry students who go down there to teach, uh, teach English at the English Learning Center. And in addition to that, during, co- during, copay, during COVID, um, even when we couldn't go there and they couldn't come here, you still had people lined up as volunteers to do some teaching online, didn't you? Exactly. We called those teachers the dream team teachers. It was amazing once they shut down the learning center, things were shut down even in this country. Schools were shut down in Costa Rica. And we had to find a way to continue teaching. And we started reaching out to friends of Copay. A lot of friends of Copay have educational backgrounds. And so we were successful in getting as many as probably four or five Emory and Henry affiliated teachers to support that project by being online teachers. There were others, a teacher from Canada, a teacher from England. Wow. A couple of teachers from Canada, actually. Uh, then there was teachers from California, North Carolina, South Carolina, that all became part of that project. But the overriding or the majority of the teachers that we had put for those two years were Emory and Henry teachers. Nice. Yeah, several oh. of those folks would be graduates, right? Like yeah. Jane and... Jane, uh, Dr... Jane Rutledge. That was Jane Wilmon yeah, Rutledge. Jane Rutledge. She uh, she taught the longest. She taught for the, th- the total two years. Uh, Dr. Teresa Kelly. Keller. Mm-hmm was on this. Katie Davison. Oh, sweet. I didn't know she did that. That's yeah. Katie Copenhaver Davidson. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Katie was a part of it. Then we had Emory Reed. Right. Whose wife was a graduate right. of Emory and Henry. Um, that's probably one or two others I'm not thinking of at the moment. But, yeah. But you can tell that was quality, quality teachers supporting the project. Well, exactly. And, you know, and it's been interesting to watch because the relationships that have been built through this program are kind of amazing. You know, once they've, once the students have been a part of it, our students, and once the students in Costa Rica have been a part of it, it just feels like there's like this sort of lifetime, lifelong connection between folks. Have you, have you noticed that? That's what I hear. I, I know I have it, but it's interesting to hear students. I, I've talked to some of the students that were the earlier students, so they still admit that they're in, you know, Facebook friends with uh, a lot of the students that they met while they were here. So, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't end when they leave here. Let's talk a minute about why it's important um, for those folks who are taking advantage of the Learning Center to learn English. It seems to be really important that they... Um, the families there would like for their kids to learn English, and and why is that? Why is that so important? Well, we believe it's important because students in that region, and specifically in that 
village to that community had very little choice. They were growing up not knowing English, and it happens that if you do not know English, you're very limited in terms of what your life and your lifestyle will be like when you grow up. Most of those students, when we got involved, they, the young boys, when they hit 15, 16 years old, they would drop out of school and go work on plantations and, or do labor to support their family. The girls, unfortunately, would stay in school another year or two, but they eventually would get, you know, their boyfriends are still in that community. Uh, they would get, you know, convinced to leave school, get married, have kids, and so the generation started repeating itself in terms of the opportunities. The whole idea, I believe the whole idea behind the Learning Center was to create choices, mm -hmm. provide the students with the tools they need so they can make a choice about how they will spend their adult life. Yeah. And one of those key elements for that choice is learning English. The country, specifically the urban areas of that country, is very westernized. English-speaking, mostly bilingual people. A lot of the businesses in large areas such as San Jose are American-based companies, Ford Motor Company, McDonald's and Wendy's, and even Taco Bell can be seen there. Uh, so, you know, the major industry is tourism. And so you have to be able to interact with the, the community in a large urban area, uh, whether they speak English or speak Spanish. If you do not know how to speak English, you are not going to be very viable or have a very good opportunity to, to become employed. Otherwise, you stay home in a rural community like Cope and live that particular life. Yeah. You don't have a choice. Right. And I love that you say it's about choices because they may choose to take English and still live right there. I mean, it's a exactly. beautiful community. And, you know, and I think it's great that they have such a, I like the culture they have there, but you're right. It is about having some choices and being able to decide if that's what you want to do or not. Mm -hmm. And and it seems like knowing English does open up a whole lot more, even not even so much to them leaving but also to who they can bring into the community if they're able to you're talking about how tourism is such a big industry for costa rica if they can speak english in copay if they have english speakers in copay it will make it easier for them to have tourists there i would think exactly whether you're running a restaurant or some other business to be able to accommodate tourists coming to your community that makes a big difference if you can communicate with them. Yeah. So. I want to remind everyone we're speaking today with Scrapper Brody, Emory and Henry class of 1970. Um, and I, I want to, you know, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit because it's what I like to do. But I, I called you Scrapper. Your real name is Arthur. And we were laughing the other day about the fact that depending on what state we're in, People are going to call you Arthur. If we're in Costa Rica, they're going to call you Arthur. If we're in Washington State, they're going to call you Arthur. But if you come back around here, everybody calls you Scrapper because you grew up in Marion and went to school there. And you were, well, let's face it, 
you were a hot shot. You were, you know, you were you were good looking and you were a sports star. And seeing you come back to Marion is so much fun because everybody's like, oh, I remember you. Oh, I have a story about you. What What is it like to bring these kids from Costa Rica back to this little community? Let's face it, we're still, we're, we're pretty rural here in Southwest Virginia. But what's it like for you to bring these kids from Costa Rica here to your little hometown and have them experience that and you know and, and maybe even experience a little bit of who you were as a kid. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. It it it's extremely important to me to see that not just my community that I grew up in, but the college that I owe so much to opens its arms in so many ways to support this project. I um I just find it amazing. I, I honest to goodness, think I'm a humble person, but it's not easy to be humble when you are around this community. I, I'm, I'm just very fortunate. I, uh, I, I've had great friends before I left here, and it's interesting that they're still here. I mean, those that I get to run into, talk to, it's. It's always been a positive experience. I don't know that I've ever had a negative experience with anybody when I lived in this community. So Wow, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, and, you know, it's, you, you're laughing about how it's hard to be humble, but, you know, one of the things that I think excites people to see you come back is that you do come back. And even when you're gone, you stay in touch. I've known a lot of people... I mean, you left, you know, you've gone on to, you know, big career, you're living on the other side of the state. And a lot of people do that, but they sort of kick the dust off and never look back. And you haven't done that. You know, you've been you've been a good alum of Emory and Henry. You've been on the board of trustees. You've served um, in, in leadership here. You've, you know, you've done this great thing for this little community in Cope and connected Emory and Henry to that. So, so it means a lot that you've come back because you could have just said I really am that cool and I'm just going to leave now and see you later but you just didn't do that and you know what what were the things that held you back not held you back but held your connection back here was it was it family or was it just that love in your heart for the area this is the truth uh, maybe this is the first time I've been asked in that way but this is what the story is Me being in the position to come to this college was just an unbelievable opportunity for me. I did not take advantage, full advantage of it. I, I, uh, my focus was on football, academics was second. Being honest about it, I graduated somehow amazingly. I graduated. And then I went off into the world, and it seemed like every so often there would be something that would suggest to me that I wouldn't be there if I had not been here. Wow. Does that? Make, no, I, I love, would not I have been there if I was not ever here. And so the more that I kept finding that to be the truth, the more I realized that. I wouldn't have been anywhere of importance 
if I had not been here. So it, something clicked. Uh, you can call them connecting the dots. And I've shared with you before the Harry S. Williams and the Bill Earps and the Castro Ramses and all the all the people that stepped into my life at critical times and made a difference. Um, take any one of those dots out of that that line, and it wouldn't be where where I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. So I I think subconsciously I started thinking I need to pay something back. I need to do something. I need to be worthy of what all those people did. That's how I felt, to be worthy of what all those people did for me. And I don't have a lot of money. I'm not, I'm not the sharpest tool in the toolbox. But you do, with what, you do what you can with what you got. And this was one way that I, I could pay it back. Um, I, I love the quote. I'm not going to get it right. But it's something like this. Always remember the people who gave you something and always forget what you gave to others. Oh, wow. In other words, don't, don't forget what was given to you, but don't sit around counting everything you gave to everybody else. And that's, that's basically how I look at it. I don't sit around and think about what somebody owes me, you know, but I just get so much that I don't ever forget it. I, I just try to try to be humble about all this. I don't, and it's amazing, you know, my expression. You have not because you've asked not. <laughs> and you and you've asked. I've and, asked. And I ask, and people respond. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've asked, and also you've, like you said, you've 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 been very thoughtful about how you interact with the world. And you have you have been um, deliberate in the choices that you've made that you're gonna you're gonna be thinking about you're gonna be thinking outward and I think that makes a difference and I think people see that and I think the kids who from Costa Rica who come here um, and the people that you visit down there I think I think they you know see that and are, and are a little bit amazed to find someone who does just want to be helpful for nothing. In return, I know Anna Yancey uh, Chinchilla used to laugh and say, you know, we just thought he was fake, you know. But when we finally met him, we were like, oh, gosh, is he a real mm-hmm. man? Because we keep hearing this story and we didn't think he was a real guy. So, you know, I think I think that has made an impression. And, and whether you know it or not and whether the students ever say it to you, somewhere you have planted that seed in a whole lot of people. And I think that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. I remember early on in this relationship with the Copay Learning Center, uh, it got back to me that they were waiting on some kind of scam that, <laughs> that, that uh, you know, what's, it's got to be right. some hidden motive in all of this. Right. And I kept saying, no, no, there's no, I don't, you know, this is, this is the way it is. I, I don't have any hidden motive. And 10 years later, <laughs> I still think there's a little bit when is he going to pull the know, right? pull this trick on <laughs> us? Gonna, right? When's he going to yank the rug out from under us on this? Yeah. But that's the thing. We are kind of accustomed to everybody having an angle. 
everybody's got to mm-hmm. everybody's got to have a reason for wanting to do this, and they're going to get something out of it. And you know, and that's how a lot of small communities get taken advantage of without being too preachy. But, you know, so to, to see yeah. somebody come into a small community and do it just because you want to see things improve and give, give kids a chance, well, that's mm-hmm. that's that's remarkable and kind of new for a lot of people. And uh, and their expectations of me were, were very small. They're used to having a church or a group pass through and do something for 24 hours right. and whatever, and they're gone. They just had a hard time dealing with no, we're in this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year, year after year after year, as long as you have us. Yeah. And it's that's not a, you, even in this country, you cannot find a lot of that. No, gosh, no. Uh, commitment. So. Tell me this, as it, this is your 10th anniversary, we, you've, been, you've been doing this for 10 years, raising money, getting kids going, coming here, getting Emory students going there. What... Do you have sort of a vision for how you'd like it to look, what you'd like it to look like in 10 more years? I'd like to be retired. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get to retire. I'm sorry. That is not on the agenda. It's funny that you mentioned that because I think if I could wave a magic wand, it would be there's a school there or a facility, and the biggest sign you could come up with was would be off-campus Emory and Henry College. Ooh, wouldn't that be cool? Right. Uh, off-campus facility. Off-country. Off-country. <laughs> and in cooperation with the Copay Learning Center. That that it's, it's a facility that takes advantage of all the, all the, the wealth we have here as far as professors, students. Yeah. Integrating with what's down there, whether there's teachers teaching teachers, teachers teaching kids, kids teaching teachers down there here. You know, it's just what a what a connection that could be. And how many other small liberal art colleges could profess the same? We have so much goodwill established after 10 years down there. Not just me, but the college. Sure. We have kids running around down with them in Henry shirts on. What, one of my favorite things that's <laughs> happened this week, the, the students from Costa Rica are on campus this week, and one of the, the, the young woman who was here, she was in the chapel, and she stopped at a bulletin board, and there was like a picture of some students, and she pointed, she was like, I know her, you know, uh-huh. and what are the chances some kids visiting from Costa Rica and, and looks at our student and says, I, I know exactly who that is. She stayed at my house. Yeah, yeah. See, that's, I, I try to get that concept across to people here are these small kids and or large kids in this community. They're not even known in the next town. <laughs> but know, they're known here. They're known all over the country. <laughs> all over the country. They they have people in Canada that know them by first name. They, people in England that know them by the first name. And all states, but they're not known in the next town yeah. that they live in. Yeah, it's it's just it's remarkable. Some of these things, and you stop and think about it are truly just beyond belief. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and we never knew this 10 years ago. We just thought we were do a scholarship and get a kid to school and 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 it's always it's always been done in the simplest fashion. Those of you out there listening, <laughs> www.friendsofcopay.com 
Love to hear from you. We're not a 501c3. There's not a member who in Friends that gets paid a dime, has never been paid a dime. It's all volunteer. There's been three types of Friends of Copay, people who, who are Christians or believers, people who are not, but they have the can-do attitude. Let's go do this. Let's get it done. It can work. And then there are people who once in a while feel like it's okay to give a buck. There. Yeah. Okay? Give a dime, and that dime goes straight to copay. We don't take any 25% off for administrative fees. It's we don't have we don't even have a bank account. And every year you manage to get it done. Get it done. Yeah. And that's I think even you have been shocked by that that every year you panic. <laughs> every year you panic and then every year it works out. Yeah, there's another one. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to I want to have the Scrapper Brody Cherry Pickers Bible because you have all the good verses figured yeah. out. Yeah. He doesn't come when you want him, but he's always on time. Isn't that right? That. Yeah. Yeah. Is that actually a verse or is that just No, that's grandma's. <laughs> <laughs> that's out of grandma's Bible. <laughs> this is this is the book we're going to publish. Listen, yeah. we're about out of time, but is there anything in wrapping up you want to say about um, about just in, in general about how excited you are to be celebrating the t- this 10th anniversary? Well, I would end it with this. This is the only time in the year that more than two or three friends of Cope are gathered in one place. That's we don't true. have a president. We don't have a, a planning meeting. We don't have a board. This is the only time in the year that more than two or three Friends of Cope are gathered in one place. And this is the only time when the Friends of Cope can actually shake hands, hug a person from Cope. Yep. This is the only time that all of us are together that we've been reading about and supporting all year long. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience to be able to do this. Well, congratulations yeah. on hitting 10 years. Crazy. I mean, who who would have thought? But congratulations on 10 years. And I look forward to talking to you in 10 more years so we can see how things are going. I hope I can sit in this chair and do that. Me too. I hope we both can. I hope <laughs> we you. both can. Scrapper Brody, Emreen Henry, 1970, and, and founder and director and um, head chief inspirer, for the Friends of Cope and the Pathway Project, uh, congratulations on your anniversary, and thanks for being with me today. I really appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thank you all for listening today to the Duck Pond Wall and for being our guest on WEHC-FM 90.7 and WISC-FM WISE 90.5. Don't forget to stay tuned because there's great stuff coming up next. This is, after all, the voice of Southwest Virginia. <laughs>